All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? It's Mark Marin. It's still Friday. I'm recording this on Friday. This is I just finished with the president. Everyone just left. It was crazy. It was crazy. I, uh, you know, there's so much you want to cover. There's so much you expect, or I, I don't know. I don't know. It was great. You know, he he came in. We we kind of you know chit chatted a bit. The the biggest challenge is that you have. There's 50 people here. There's Secret Service people here. There's snipers everywhere. The, the house is, you know, surrounded. It's tented. The, the streets are lined with people who I didn't even get to see. All I was thinking was, like, I just need to make it about him and me and, and you know, me and the president. And it was great. He was a person and he was comfortable and he was casual and he was, you know, charming and, and intelligent. And he was sitting right there in my garage. And I think that I... I there is part of me, as you know, from listening to me that seeks to connect in a, in a very emotional way. And, and I, and I was seeking that we, you know, we, we, we talked about a lot of things. It, it felt personal, but then you, you did, then you just, I was just fighting with this, the idea that like, I'm talking to the president and there's secret service guy standing behind me and he's going to have to leave soon. And did I get to that? Did I get to, you know, and then there's sort of like, should I have done that? Should I have done this? But I'll tell you honestly, you know, he, they left and, you know, like I, I just started like, I felt like crying a little bit. I cried a little bit because it was just so overwhelming. Like I put it into this perspective where I'm like, I can handle this. I can handle this. I wasn't afraid, but there's a lot of things going on in your brain when you're doing that. Barack Obama was just here. You know, I think Barry Obama was here. I, you know, I think the president was here. I think uh, uh, they were all r- represented. And my feeling is, is like, it's hard to believe that, that over the course of the five years of me doing this show, that this could happen. It's just unbelievable to me that this could happen. I mean, years ago, I, I, you know, I'd thrown the, the towel in and just, and that I was able to handle it. Part of my brain before was like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I can... You know, I was a little freaked out. You know, it, it, it was not, you know, as personal as I might have wanted to be, but it was personal enough. I, you know, just, I just have to let it go. But it was an amazing experience. And he was a sweet guy. And he was very human. And it was good to talk to him. And I didn't get to say everything I wanted or talk about everything I wanted. But, I, you know... I got to have that experience. My neighborhood, I got to have that experience. You know, my house. My cats were actually locked in the bedroom. So the cats, I I don't think it had any effect on them whatsoever. They just want their house back. I guess they're going to pull the tent down and then tomorrow's just another day. There's the helicopters. Oh my God, that's them. They're leaving. They flew into the Rose Bowl and now they're leaving. It's another stop. He goes on with his day. He goes on with his job with his wife as president. Now I'm the guy where the president came over that one time. We talk for an hour about stuff. I don't know. I think I did good. 
it was an amazing experience, and, I, and it was one I'll never forget. And I'm glad I could share it with you. All right, I got to pull it together. I got to do some stuff. I got to feed the cats. I got to put my stuff back in the garage. Do some press. But I don't want to do anything. Oh, I just, I want to let the experience be a good one. Not second guess everything. It was an amazing honor to talk to the president. In my garage. In my garage. Are you fucking kidding me? Can I have the president's water? I think I should drink the president's water. Yeah. So I, I, I am drinking the president's water. The president, I should say that this is um, hours after uh, the departure of President Barack Obama from my driveway, from my garage. Uh, it is now 7.38 Pacific time on Friday, June 19th. It is about... What is it? So he left at 11.10, so it's about eight hours ago, eight and a half hours ago. Brendan McDonald, my producer and partner in this venture of WTF, is here. He flew out from Brooklyn to, uh, to do the job. Yeah, hi. And, uh, and we're now we're coming down. It's been a hell of a day. It's been a hell of a day. It was, uh, we just got done uh, doing follow-up press, talking to people, putting together. What am I? I didn't do anything. I talked to, did a bunch of interviews. You were on the computer hammering away yeah well i mean we were both doing the thing that we do you, right you oh, yeah. have to keep talking and you you, <laughs> you talked for like just seven hours straight right and, and you were you were cutting things up and doing things cutting and, things talking to people who needed things that's the, I've, I've come to realize that's actually the job yeah just oh people need things and they gotta get those things i was very surprised at the emails i got when people knew i was gonna be talking to the president people were like hey you remember that thing i sent you right. maybe if Maybe he could pick it up. The president could pick it up and you just take a picture. It'd be very helpful for me. I have a child now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> but I think that one thing we didn't get to talk about when we uh, presented the show on Monday or even me leading up to it, because I wasn't even aware of it really, was exactly how this came to be. That seems what a lot of interviewers were asking me. Mm-hmm. And I remember months ago, this weird thing, you know, you said, uh, yeah, the White House reached out about doing something with the show. Yeah, they they actually contacted us through the website, which immediately made me think it was fake. Through WTFpod.com? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, they contacted <laughs> the us through the website. The White House. The White House. Sure, you're the White House. That's right. Because yeah. uh, we've had that happen yeah, before. Right. I, I represent Robert Downey Jr., yeah. you know, and it's like- <laughs> Some guy. Yeah, at Yahoo.com. Yeah, right. by the way, could you give me his email? Right. <laughs> Right. Uh, so it was it was it was a definite like sense of like let's check this out let's see if this is real but yeah. let's contact them sure and that was like about a little over a year ago June, really June of last year is that yeah. long ago and maybe even May of last year but it was definitely uh-huh. in the in that time of year yeah and you know it's interesting because that's I I've seen since this uh, was announced that this interview would happen. Um, people have said, you know, we heard that the White House reached out to uh, to, to have President Obama on. And it's not that simple, actually, yeah. because it's like just because you're in contact doesn't mean that something's happening. Right. And well, I, I completely put it in the back of my brain. It was a vague thing. Yeah. And there was no it was. So that was June. Right. It wasn't until September that 
they September of last year that there was ever the mention of the president's name. And it was like, what would you think about uh, him doing the show? And, you know, the the I mean, it's like a joke to us. People have said all the time, when are you going to get Obama? Right. Like, it's not, it, of course we would have yeah. him on. I think they, they wanted to make sure, though, that having someone on, if you look at our guest list, there's not, a, in 612 episodes, there's not a politician on That's there. That's right. So I think that was Intentionally. Their, yes. And I, I think that was what they were saying was, would Mark want to even do that? Because it's a politician. And I said- as I've said all along to anyone we've ever talked to, we would have any guest on as long as they can do the type of interview that we do, which is talk about life and right. talk about other things and not have a specific promotional right. agenda. And I, and I think I remember you telling me this, and I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean of, of course I'll interview the president. Right. Well, I remember when, you, when, when we were first talking to them, I said, you know, this was, that was a good conversation I had with the White House. And you said... Uh, Maybe someday we could get Obama on. And I said, yeah, probably when he's not president anymore. Right. Like, there's no way he would do it when he's president. Right. And, you know, I, I also just think it's like a little bit of a lesson there, especially for people who are doing podcasts, uh-huh. that that's, that's like old media. Even though they came to us specifically because we're new media, I believe the reason this came to pass was just because lines of communication were kept open and there was a constant cordial discussion. Right. And uh, comfort level achieved on both sides of everybody thinking this would be a good thing to do. And that only happens like with time and with diligence, you know. And so it's just to me, it's a good lesson for people. Like if you want something, it doesn't have to happen right away. Just make sure you keep the work up. Like put that in the in the in the little file there and keep keep it as Especially a if it's to do list. Right. If it's something like that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, shit, I forgot the president wanted to. <laughs> Do you know? Don't be like. Well, I mean, we call back know, the president. We were not pushy about it, right? right. But no, it, we, I didn't. I don't remember pursuing it that hard at all. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until uh, earlier this spring, late, yeah. late winter, early spring, that that I got a call on my phone. Yeah, I let it go to voicemail because it was an unknown number. Right. And two oh two. No, it just said unknown. It was oh. blocked. Wow. Uh, and that went to voicemail was a person at the white house that said eh, we you know wanted to get back in touch with you thinking about doing something or other maybe with the president very casual like, yeah, I yeah slipped it in right and uh so obviously i got in touch and and then all of a sudden maybe three or four weeks later we got dates is that when i said uh where did where am i going to washington right and well well there were dates proposed right that would have been your tour dates right. that are going on right now as this episode is posting. Right. It would have been your BAM tour dates. Right. And, you know, you, you were going to have to cancel if they did it then. That's right. And we made, right. we made the call that if they needed to do it then, you would cancel, cancel your the, tour. Of course, yeah. And uh, so there was a lot of waiting for that. Like, it, okay, let's, you know. But then wasn't there down. the first set of dates? So why did I change my vacation? I'll get to that. Oh. What what was interesting though is because you're going to be on the East Coast, right? right? Like as we're speaking, you're you're a few days away from going. But when this episode posts, this is the time when they wanted the interview to happen, and you're in New York, right? right. And so you said, "Well, just tell them I'm there. I can right. come down. It's easy." And that was not on the table. That was going to the Oval Office was not off on the table. The table. And you explained to me why. Can we talk about that? It is my estimation based yeah. on how they work, right? that they need whatever they're doing promotionally or publicity-wise, media-wise, to be in the context 
in the idiom of that thing. Right. Uh, it would not have probably looked good. This is my guess. Right. But it would probably not have looked good for them to grant a one-hour interview in the East Room or the Oval Office to you. Right. Some non-credentialed guy, comedian. Right. right. Non-journalist. Right. You know, when they have a press corps right. that doesn't get that type of access. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's one thing when, you know, Bill Simmons went to the White House and did an interview with him. They spoke very specifically about uh, sports. Right. 20 minutes, I think, or 10 right. minutes. This is a lot different to say we want him to do an hour right. and we want it to be a free-ranging conversation that we're not going to vet. Right. So they were insistent. It has to be... They were insistent ever since we first started talking to them. To do it in the garage. That they were saying, if we did something with you guys, what could we do that is what you do? Meaning a long-form interview in LA in the garage. I know. And then I was like, that's insane. Yeah. How you, is, how yeah, is, you you could you you were not believing it. I still don't believe it. And yeah. It happened today. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah, but I remember there was all this we like because for me in those moments where like okay this is happening, it you know it throws me back to the Air America days. It throws me immediately into like I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I got to get up to speed on policy. I have yeah. to read the history of the world. This is the man who showed up to the first day at Air America with a book of uh, uh, yeah, the American government for dummies. I still have that book. Yeah, I was like I got it. I didn't pay attention <laughs> in school. I got to figure. You know, there's three branches, right? The Senate does what? The judicial who? Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm a fraud. You know, I learned as I went along, but I, I was insecure about. But you that. get that way with just artists too. Maybe, no, no, I you, know. You know, I you'll know. say like, so somebody's coming in here to talk, and you're like, I, I don't know any of their music. I'm like, you've heard these four albums, right? And you're like, but they have a lot. I'm mm. like, but that doesn't matter at that point. You you don't you're not expected to know everything, right? So I think you put that pressure on yourself partially because I think it motivates you to do better at the interview. Oddly, I, I think that when I, I stress myself out, that's that's my way of, of getting oh, grounded. Oh, my God. Can I do a little sidebar here? What? <laughs> Last night, I left this property. Yeah. Everything was done. Right. Tenting was done. We'll explain what that means. But they, they were done doing what they needed to do yeah. here. I left this house. I went back to where I was staying. Yeah. I get a text. I gotta pull, I'm going to pull it up. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I was just here alone. And well, we, but yeah. this is uh, this is explanatory. Last night. This is last night. The this president. Last was, night. The president was coming today. Uh, so you said, uh, here it is. Got the creeps. <laughs> News crew tried to corner me. Then you wrote, a little while later. This went a little while later. <laughs> Nervous in the house. Space. Alone. Space. Weird. I wrote, you know, if I call LAPD, they'll send a detail over to stay overnight. I mean, we could yeah, do that. Right. I mean, they know, it's been announced now that yeah, the, the president's, president's going to be here. No answer to that. <laughs> right. That was about 20 minutes. Because I was sitting there going like, I can, I can do it. Yeah, I, you want to tough it out? Yeah, I'm going right. to tough it out. Well, this is where toughing it out got you. <laughs> send me this 20 minutes later. You don't think someone's going to come over here and fuck with the electrical box or something weird, do you? I said, wow, that's very specific. <laughs> Yeah, I say again. If it will help you sleep, yeah, let's call the cops. And this was I like a, a key to Mark Marin that yeah. I've worked with you for eleven years, right? And I, this text was so helpful. Oh come on! No, I'm, I'm not joking. Yeah, you wrote. I'm just worrying. It's how I ground myself. <laughs> I responded. Oh, sorry. Carry on then. 
I, I, I was, it was a very clarifying moment. Yeah. And so, you know, when you were saying that you panic knowing that you're going to have to plow your head with information, I, I do understand what that is yeah yeah right well i mean well that that was the thing and, and when when we when this was starting to happen and then it was you know we had to i i was i was looking for a way out in a way like i i don't do it full on anymore it's sort of half-hearted but when you're like we've got to make these dates available and i'm like that's the only time i can take a vacation and i'm about to lose my mind right so let's let's get to that what well we haven't explained oh, why okay. that happened so uh, we were holding those dates that your tour uh, was going to be on. The, oh, that's uh, right, right. And, and I'd agreed, I will cancel dates to interview the president in my home. That's right. Right. So I was sitting at a bar. Right. And uh, I got a, a email from the White House that said, we're looking close in terms of confirming. Yeah. But what about the week before? Now, you got to understand something. They're planning this in relation to an L.A. trip right. for the president. They're not saying he's, what about these dates so that he can take a trip and go see Mark Marin? They're saying we're getting a trip together for money, right, yeah, for yeah. for large fundraisers. Right. And we can, while you're, you're on that fundraising trip and doing other things, like he saw the governor today and spoke at the U.S. Conference of Mayors, but- you know, other than that, before my show, no, after. Oh. oh, you don't even remember. He said that to you as he was leaving. Yeah. You're like, "What do you do now?" <laughs> and he was like, "I'm going to go talk to Governor Brown and about the." Oh, drought. that's right. It's yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, and yeah. Then yeah. I'm going to go up to San Francisco. Right. And, yeah. Uh, but but so that this was this is not for us to say mm, those dates aren't as good as the other dates. Like we'd rather actually do it the dates you first said. Like if they say no, it's now it's these dates. Yeah, those are the. You dates. tried to explain that to me. Well, before I even tried to explain it to you, I thought, great, he's not on tour. Right. He's not going to have to cancel his tour dates. Yeah. So uh, I looked at the calendar. The only thing that was happening was you were in vac- on vacation in Hawaii. But I looked at the calendar and said, oh, he can just bump it up a week, yeah. take the vacation earlier, yeah. and uh, it'll be great. Yeah. So I call Mark. God. I love it. That's the greatest story. Come on. I call Mark. Come on. And I say, uh, look, good news. We're yeah. not going to have to cancel your tour dates if this thing happens. Mm-hmm. They're giving us new dates. It's the week before. Now, the only thing about that is you're on vacation that day, those days. Now, did you, go, did you book that trip already? Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> over. It's over. What do you mean? That's long gone. That's long done. We can't do those dates. You made a, you're on vacation, right? Yeah, I booked it. I used all my points. I've been saving up these points forever. Yeah. I need. I got a great hotel. I got good airfare. I, there's no moving it. So I said, okay. And then my my mind, I'm thinking, I gotta let him feel. Like this is this is he can it's valid for I validate his feelings. It is valid for him to feel like this is a hassle. So I said, I I, that is a big pain in the butt. Right, Right. I get it. So how about if someone else? You just said whenever you want to go on vacation, right? And someone else in the world, right, handles all the details, right? How's that going to (laughs) happen? Who's going to do that? I said, no, you don't worry about that. You don't have to worry about any right. of that anymore. That's yeah. done. Right. Dude, I just don't, you don't even, I, uh, I saved these points for a reason. 
There's a reason I saved all my credit card points is to take a trip like this. And now, what? I don't even know why I'm gonna. Why am I gonna interview the president? What's he even gonna say? Right. I, well, he could say a lot of things. He's, done, he's already done his podcasts. He did Bill Simmons' podcast. I don't think we need to do the president. Oh boy. I said, all right. Is this a real? Is this a real point yeah. that you're making? Here? Right. You said yes, but yeah. I could sense in that yes. Yeah. Was you saying, oh, no, like that I was going about to give you reality? Right, right. It was like a very half-hearted yes. Right. It was like, yes? Like a question. <laughs> yeah. And I said, all right, Ev- after this interview happens, right. everyone who didn't know you, now they'll know you. Right. right? And, then, and, and uh, people you're in business with, yeah. they're going to be really happy they're in business with you. And- uh, people you want to talk to, dream of talking to, yeah. they're going to be easier to talk to now. I said, so if that's scary, that's a good reason not to do it. But if it's because of your credit card points, <laughs> you could take the credit card and shove it up your ass <laughs> because that is not why I'm going to go back to the White House and say we're canceling this interview. <laughs> so Mark said, okay, all right. If you got to put it to me like that, well. <laughs> then you said, I'm sorry, I, I don't have Jesus. So this is what I, I hang on to, these things. And I understood that too. Again, it was a clarifying moment. And part of me, as I was saying that to you, was like, I hope I'm not pushing him too hard here, right. but I need to stop this right now. Like I can't ever allow for the possibility that this snowballs downhill to the point where he makes a reality in his head that the credit card points are insurmountable and we cannot get over this as an issue. Well, you know, the other thing you said, though, was like, we'll pay for it. <laughs> right. that, 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 was, that was the thing that killed me. It's like, here, I got an idea. We're making money. Let's just pay for it through the business. We'll get uh, no, whatever hotel yeah, you, you want. And you said, what? that's still money. I said, but it's made. Like, it's already, like we make money. Yeah. Like, that's what you make it for. It's a business yeah. expense. Right. And then I'm like, I was like, no, but the, but... I, I remember it happening. It's like, but you don't understand. I can't just lose the points. <laughs> if I, I love that it's still. I love that it's real. Yeah. I love that I didn't imagine it. You still remember that it, it was really that. Like, no, because it's like it takes a long time to get all these points, <laughs> and and just on principle, I couldn't get it through it. You're like, we'll just, we'll, you can stay wherever you want. We'll pay for it. Yeah. We'll, we'll pay for the tickets. I'm like, that's a lot of money. I can't. Why would we do that? I have these points, and I couldn't. And then like somehow or another you talked me into like just like letting someone else like letting Ke- like the management letting kelly deal with it yeah and we use the points and we change the reservation yeah, just move it i don't things know things happen they just move every part of my brain was like this is sacred time yeah like but you know, we I, wanted to protect it and we protected it as much as we could while you were away we there was no one that was gonna mess with your time especially with the tour you've been on yeah but it was so crazy because you know i was sort of exhausted and i think that part of me was like looking for a way out you know like i think that might be it yeah because also once dates happened it started to get more real right yeah right and i knew like like okay i'm gonna be pulled back into that world in my head like because you know air america was relatively traumatizing for me and and in in some ways. Well, what ways? Well, just it, like I always felt a little over my head, and until I you know sort of found my voice on the radio, you know, and we were having a good time, it was traumatizing. Do you know, and, you've never said that on here on this podcast what that moment was. What moment? That you oh, yeah. found your voice. That was about lentils. Yeah. 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 I remember it. 
it was like you were talking about cooking lentils at, and i and i forgot apartment. about them or yeah. i fell asleep and they just kept cooking yeah and then when i finally realized it from the smell that something was amiss and burning i went in there and they had formed some sort of pasty tar like this burnt carbonized lentil tar and then i went on some riff about how it you, you could use it for paste or arrowheads or this is how things like i went on some weird riff yeah. about the use of that this is it's like 6 30 in the morning yeah the day after it happened yeah and, and and the funny thing is like the show was still a very much a you know a political show right but the response to that was as much as any political topic we right people about. went crazy like i don't even know what you were talking about yeah but that was great. And that was it. That was the moment. Yeah. That's it's like a, a thing clicked where you heard yourself in your own head the as voice. a separate right. entity. Exactly. That was a big moment. But my my point was is that like in in with the president, like I got nervous because I always felt insecure about my knowledge of politics and, and my through line. Right. I, I didn't I, I didn't like arguing. You well, you covered up for it, I think, a lot by being strident. Right. And now you fear that as well. Right. So, you, you know, and then that was part of the reason why, you know, I, I got out of the dialogue. I thought that there were people better suited for it and, and more committed to it. Mm -hmm. So I think part of the, you know, the idea of interviewing Obama was like, oh, it's going to come at me from both sides. Yeah. It, it took a lot for me to wrangle a certain amount of confidence in and in, in sort of the idea that, like, it's going to be my interview with him and it, it's going to be what it's going to be. Right. And, uh, and you know, I'm not a, a political pundit. And I'm not. And I wasn't there to confront him on policy, but, right. but nonetheless. So, so we 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 talked me down from the point situation. <laughs> we, I was able to use all the points. We spent no company money. I think that's accurate too. We talked you down, like me and yourself sure. talked you down. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's always the way it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you start the conversation with me, and then I I follow up with me later. Yeah. But so so I was able to take the vacation. So the plan now being that. We had those two days, and we weren't sure what day it was going to be, and then it became clear, right? Friday, yeah, Friday yeah. the 19th. And so uh, I came out here, Yeah. Um, you know, after being in full contact with the White House with planning and everything, and I mean, it just could not have been smoother with them. They were so accommodating. I, like, it was a dream. Yeah. I mean, we work with people, I, I'm not saying we ever have a really terrible experience, but we work with situations where people are prickly in that yeah. and, or particular right. or, or, or have strange demands and that. It was none of that. They were so smooth and easy to work with and efficient, very efficient. Like ask a question, get an answer. It was very, very encouraging and, and helpful in a situation like this that was so filled with stress. And I was going to be gone. Right. So there, and then so that's a whole other level of panic for me. For you, but I got to tell you, man, it was really fortunate you weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the amount of stuff that was going on while you were gone. Yeah, you like just seeing how you were this morning and yesterday with just a little bit of that stuff with people here checking that. I mean, today was intense. Yeah, but uh, you know, I could sense like a little nervousness from you, just this amount of people right. doing all these things. You don't know, there's no way to keep your eye on everybody at once and they're right. just all over your house and yeah. property and that. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was for five days. Really? Yeah, yeah. And not at not in like, you know, from dawn to dusk, like, you know, at an hour clip, there'd be a barrage of people would show up. Well, I mean, I was in, in Hawaii, so I went to Hawaii and everyone's sort of like, we're going to leave you be, you're going to have a vacation. And all I'm doing is I'm like, I'm going to read barack obama's first book and that's going to be my portal in 
I'm going to read dreams from my father on vacation and relax and, and panic about other things and have a first spending this much time with Sarah for the first time and, and all that. But it was lovely. We got down there and everything was beautiful and I'm reading the book and I'm, I'm still like not figuring out a way I can comfortably approach the president. And then you get here Sunday. Sunday, and I came here to the house Monday morning. What happened? I don't even know what fully oh, happened. Monday morning was the, I mean, they'd already checked the house out Sunday, but Monday morning was, that was it. They got came here and started everything. And it is an amazing operation. Watching that happen yeah. in just a small piece of property like this. Yeah. I mean, these these are the top of their game professionals. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, the, the people leading the charge are, you know, cordial and but very matter of fact and direct it's just it's like the dream that you want to work with those type of people yeah because like you feel like everything's taken care of and then anything they're asking of you you want to just jump right in and do it and you you know you can sense that a lot of them are ex-military mm-hmm. um and and that that is where a lot of the discipline comes yeah. from but it's very impressive. I feel I've, I feel like a total kinship to the Secret Service, not because I do anything remotely close to what they do in terms of putting their necks on the line, but just in terms of like efficiency and yeah. the way I like to work. I was like, oh, these are my people. Yeah, I love this. Complete control freaks. Yes. on top of the situation. They were. That's it. Like to find somebody that's like more on top of it than I am. I'm like, ha! Huh, show me everything. <laughs> <laughs> the one time in your life you're like they're doing a really good job <laughs> i don't have to do much of anything here yeah it was and it was like that for several days with like crazy things like snipers going on roofs well, what and- was it now walk me through that process so like they're they're in the house they set up those two banks those communication banks in my s- spare bedroom yeah that wasn't that wasn't for them to communicate actually that's just there for emergencies so line isolated lines. isolated lines yeah yeah uh, they for, weren't like on no 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 i know but they were they were alien pieces of equipment yeah humming and make, yeah noises yeah. the people that were involved they told you that we're going to be the lapd the secret service and they had basically t- like they they, they 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 came up to me with about 15 people yeah and they said this is their whole this is the whole team they're going to pepper you with questions, ask, answer them to the best of your ability. They <clears throat> all have a specialty. They all were in charge of something. One guy's asking about the foundation of the house, how old the house is. And one woman who was uh, in charge of, um, you know, communications within the house asking me, like, do you have emergency lines and things like that? What kind of, uh, you know, Internet, th- uh-huh. those kind of things. Uh, and then a guy just grabbed a ladder and he yeah. climbed right up on this garage that we're sitting in. Yeah. He's on top. And uh, that was where he was going to patrol. Wait, that, that was the sniper? That was the sniper, yeah. He was excited, know, right? He thought it was a good spot. It's a good spot with clear vision around yeah. the whole yeah. uh, uh, property. Right. Uh, but it made noise. Yeah. So, you know, you hear him like... Yeah. <laughs> right. Right on top. Right. And uh, he says, can I ask you something? Can you go down there and tell me if you hear this? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I hear it. And then he's like... <laughs> jumping and that ceiling is buckling oh no so, so like that my first time was like oh, you're gonna come in on the president like he's yeah, gonna be yeah. sitting here yeah and another guy came over yeah and he says uh no go no <laughs> and the sniper is like no this is where i gotta be it's a clear shot <laughs> yeah. right and he says look what's gonna go on in there that 60 minutes yeah. is the whole reason we're here 
So if that's going to interfere with that, if that's going to sound bad, we can't do that. And the sniper got, like right away, he was like, yeah, I don't want staff, meaning White House staff, I don't want them to say that it's not working. I I get it. And they had initially decided he was just going to sit on the side over here and make no noise. But uh, I think later they discovered your neighbor Dennis, his house would work fine if they could get him. Oh, yeah, and he's retired. And he was thrilled. They gave him a patch. Oh, really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he loves it. Well, that that was the moment, though. Yeah, that I realized because before that, I got here. You weren't here for yeah. a week. Yeah. The house is, you know, outside the house was a a mess from weather. Mm-hmm. Right, there's just leaves and crap from the trees all on the ground, and um, things out here had fallen over. You really, know, just just little yeah. things. The things that happen when you go away for a week. Right, your car is full of garbage on it. You know, pollen no, this, and stuff. This is just this is a, this is a gradual buildup over months. Yeah. Yeah, right, not a week. You, but I yeah, you. It. Well, you haven't been here. Also, That's true. you've been on tour. That's true. And I'm thinking, like, what are these people thinking? Yeah, like this. They were at Tyler Perry's house last night. He's a 28 acre estate. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is this is kind of embarrassing. Oh no! I wasn't embarrassed for your house. Yeah. I was just embarrassed of the choice, yeah. right? That yeah. they chose to like to do the thing, right? Yeah. Like this is this is a great house for a, a person, yeah, and f- and a place where you can work, right? But I do. It's a fit for kings and queens and yeah. presidents, no. you know. A- and so I was like, oh boy, what are these people thinking? Yeah. And when the guy said that, I was like, oh, they're not judging this at all. Yeah. In fact, this is what most of these people, if they're military, right, have been trained to do. Yeah. You have a mission. Here's your mission, and you right. execute it. And it's also like it's a challenge. It's, it's sure it's got to be engaging work to secure a, a, an environment. Look, I, I like I said, everyone was great. They said they were, it was easier than Tyler Perry's. Of, well, of course it was because that's probably like securing a mall. Yeah, like, but <laughs> but they were they were all very polite and very. So I, maybe they were blowing a little smoke and right. just being nice to us. Right. But they say, be nice to the guys with the shitty house. <laughs> Part of our mission is to make the guy with the shitty house, who we, the poor president's got to sit in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make Let's him, make him feel good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be hard for him. Then I went around the house like for several times, right. like putting away things that I thought might be questionable. Like you right. had a pruner yeah. out in the yard. I put the pruner in a, a secure uh, shed. Well, you and, said when they walked in here, I had that half a hammer and the pocket knife. Yes. And, and then right away they were like, like, no, lose the hammer, lose the pocket knife. <laughs> yeah, and a yeah. box of shotgun shells there on the shelf. They were em- it was empty box. Yeah. Well, they said, no, you can't no. have that. Anyway. Where is that thing? I put everything in a box. It's oh. in your house. Uh, well, that well, thank you for doing all that. I mean, you, you they wanted, it was so funny because they cleared out all these boxes and stacks of things here. Primarily because they didn't want him to trip, they said? That's right. They said, well, I mean, maybe there's other reasons. That's right. the reason they gave me. Right. They said, we want this all to be clear. We want anything to risk him like tripping over and that. I think they just, it makes sense for their job to have clear pathways, right? Like you don't want clutter to impede your way through if you need to get to the president, you know? Right. I mean, they they brought some crazy contraption in here. The, the guy kept calling it a yoga mat, but it was like a thick flak, Kevlar, Kevlar flak thing. Yeah. yeah, that thing, I didn't know what it did. Because I was like, he kept, like, he wouldn't tell me what it was. I'm like, what is this? Like, don't worry about it. And it looks like a <laughs> yoga mat. I'm like, the magic carpet? And then when I get here, like, the, the, the tenting. Right, the tenting me is because they do not want open air for where the president is so walking. When I get in on Wednesday night, you pick me up. We yeah. take Sarah home and we come here and you're like, all right, tom- you know, tomorrow they're going to start tenting. And I'm like, what is that? You know, like they're going to cover the entire driveway mm-hmm. with the tent and, uh, and then the part of the road so that there's no sight line to him. Right. Uh, and then, you know, 
you told me that they had secured the entire streets and everything's going to be closed up. The entire there were signs all over the neighborhood. No stopping. It no was stopping. It didn't even say no parking. Just for, like, no for that stopping. half a day yeah. for that morning. And you know we're starting. You know, and I'm, this is what I come home to. And you, you show me the weird humming machines and all the stuff that you put away and and you cleared off the entire driveway and put that all on the deck so there could be a clean access leading up to the garage. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, oh my god. This is really happening, you know, and I'm like, I finished the book. (laughs) I got a good idea of what he was like when he was 30. Now we got to get me up to speed. You got to cover the other 24 years. Yeah. And, uh, and that was the plan. And then you leave the house and someone tweets. I don't think it's after we release, do the press release. That was the big thing on Wednesday. Yeah. We got that press release out on Wednesday. The white house said, Tell the world it's happening because we're going to post a schedule. Right. And then, and then, and then the uh, episode uh, that we put up last Thursday with Judd was right. intended to coincide with the announcement. Right. And so we do all that, and it's starting to get some traction. People are talking about it. Is this real? Is it not real? And then you leave, and I see some guy tweet, "Sorry, man, I, I get. I don't think it's going to happen." Check the news. Right. And I go on the news, and the horrible shooting in Charleston had just been reported was happening it mm-hmm. was unfolding mm-hmm. so i text you dude check the news out i i don't think it's going to happen this is bad and you know it would be understandable yeah i mean we had said that before I, uh, that's what uh, you kept saying you kept saying like it's going to happen now if it doesn't happen it's because something's- I said it's because something's so bad that we would not want it to happen right and also it, it's going to be bad it's something so bad the country's going to stop yeah or the world is in trouble something that's something that you understand it's not going to happen because everybody's sad right or it's right. like every or something is scary and i felt or, that or the last fire has started right i felt that that as in in not knowing that news and then going to the news yeah. and seeing it yeah. and being hit with it yeah. and how horrible it was yeah. i just sat there in the dark because yeah. i got your text and I walked in the house and i didn't turn any lights on yet i saw your text and i looked at the news and i sat in the dark for like 20 minutes just having had read that story and was like that is just the worst like the details of that story were so horrible. bad yeah that i like i immediately was like well this is just should not happen and you were like, you literally were like, it shouldn't happen. Right. You, if, uh, right. And I think you were feeling that the same thing. Yeah. It's like, like, how could he? Right. And we went to sleep, obviously. And then, uh, and we had canceled any promotion that we were going to do of it the next day. We told day. the White House we weren't going to tweet. Yeah. Nothing. We said, it's all it's like, I, because they, they, they didn't know. They didn't contact us yet because they were still formulating their, the their statement, uh, what their response was going right. to be. But I didn't hear anything else. And I went to sleep and I woke up the next day fully expecting to look at my phone and see a message, official message from the White House that said, we're, we're sorry, but obviously the circumstances don't allow us to sure. do this, this event. And I didn't see anything. There was no, it's still right. on or it's not on. And then I saw that the president was going to speak around like nine o'clock our time here. Yeah. So I said, all right, we'll watch that. We'll see. We might get a clue or two from right. that. And I really think the way he spoke. Yeah. The White House didn't just release an official statement. He came out in front of the cameras and spoke and spoke in a way that we both, while we were watching it, were like, oh, he's angry. Yeah. Um, I think that that probably kind of made it okay in my mind. I don't want to sound like crass about it because I'm not saying just words blanketed over a horrible event. Yeah. But I do think the president has a power as a guidepost for 
America as yeah. to how you can react to things. Yeah. And I at least got the feeling when he did that, that he was, and at this point, the suspected killer had been captured. And then he addressed it, and I did get a kind of feeling of like, I think he's just going to move to the next thing because yeah. he is the president. Right. He does have to keep going. Right. And he will get to Charleston. Right. It, it doesn't make a huge difference if he goes to Charleston right this minute or if he goes when there's a memorial service for this man he knew right. who died, this right. pastor who was murdered. And I kind of felt like the thing was still going to happen. I, it was in the back of my mind all day long that it was still a possibility to get canceled. Sure. And well, then when, when we heard that he was in the air that he had taken off, mm -hmm. that's how we knew that he was coming. Yeah. That, like, cause it was, but I, I just fully still had it in my head that he could be here in LA and, not and they do it, would sure. say, you know, it's still not the time for us to do a podcast. Yeah, obviously understandable. Right. But in the meantime, we went ahead and continued our plans and that became something we really had to address. Well, that's what I said to you. I said, look, you know, I can manage engaging that. And I think we need to, to put it into context that we're going to, we're going to, do this thing on Friday, it's going to post on Monday. We don't know what he's going to do in relation to that event, that tragedy over the weekend. There were a couple of things that we had to sort of put in because of what might be happening Monday. So at least the podcast would, would integrate into the, into the day. Right. And that was, you know, address and, and pay our respect to the loss of the guy he knew to his face and and and, and engaged just that whole community yeah. just have been has been torn Did, and and the nation has another there's another like horrible huge horrible yeah. mark and but you know and I'll, and also engage the emotion that he felt about that yeah and and also deal with the the Supreme Court ruling that's going to happen May, yeah it might, might happen it might have happened by the time you're listening to this right so. I felt confident about doing that, but it did change the tone of our plan a little. Yeah, yeah. There was a little less room, f we felt, for frivolity. Right. I mean, the way the morning developed, it was, uh, you know, still a lot of um, stuff going on here, Secret Service-wise, that, you know, Well, kind at of 6 o'clock, I woke up to let the guys who were going to build the rest of the tent in. Oh. Yeah. So they, they started doing the street. And then everyone was leaving the street. And like that night that I texted you, you know, I was walking around, you know, talking to my neighbors. People were out in the street. It was like the 4th of July around here. Mm. And then at 7 o'clock you came. Then the Secret Service started to come. And we were told that, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to fly. Right. From Santa Monica in a chopper yeah. to the Rose Bowl. That's right. And which was good thing to do. Because yeah. like if he chose to drive the motorcade all throughout Los Angeles, it would have stopped everything. Yeah, and and the night you were already <clears throat> being uh, uh, called out by name on the radio. Yeah, Marin caused a traffic jam. Yeah, talking to the president, and I felt you know I felt kind of bad about that, and I was apologetic <laughs> to my neighbors, but everybody around here was very excited that the yeah. president was coming. But the countdown begins. You know, I'm going over the notes. We're setting things up. We're trying to cool the place down. Secret Service is doing their things. It was wild when I, all the Secret Service was here. And then like an hour or so after they all showed up, the two snipers come. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they were I came in a special car, but I just saw two dudes walk up and I'm like, those are the guys. Yeah, there were, one of those guys was what the guy who was on the roof the other day. On yeah. On the roof of this garage. And uh, yeah, there were two of them. Today. So in they, my restroom was the only restroom for all the Secret Service, which yeah. was which I always feel bad about because the door's broken. Yeah, that sniper brought all his gear into your bathroom. Oh, no, the too. gun and everything. Yeah, Went yeah. right in with him. Yeah. Not going to lose that thing. Yeah. 
So, so that starts happening. And then they start telling us that, you know, you know, they tell me where I need to be when he pulls up at five minutes, you guys should, me and you should be out in the garage and I should be standing in front of the garage. We should get the tape started if we're going to start it. And they tell us like, all right, so he's, he's leaving the hotel in you know Beverly Hills. Yeah. And then we, they tell us he's at Santa Monica. He's getting on the chopper. And I'm like, how long a flight is that? He's like, probably eight minutes, nine minutes. And then, and then we'll tell you when you have five. But the funny thing was, we hear the sound because we're right in the flight path yeah. to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, we're right by the So we hear those first two, what are they called? Ospreys. The Ospreys. There were three of them, yeah. And the guy said, there are always three. And so we have one, two, and there's the third one comes right. by. And then we're like, what's next? And they're like, that would be it, yeah. yeah. Marine one. Yeah. And, and how long? So it should be pretty yeah, close. Yeah, right, it's coming right by, yeah. And then we saw him. Yep. We saw the helicopter. So we saw them fly in. So then yeah. they told us when he landed and when he was in the car, and then we had six minutes. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, we got to turn the air off in there. Yeah, yeah, we're freaking <laughs> out. And you're like, come on, man, come on. I'm like, I'm starting to think. And, and No, wait, did you think I was freaking out? Because I was really trying to portray like a calm demeanor. For no, you me. weren't. I didn't see any freaking out until like, because we, we had some time. Because they hadn't given us five yet. But then when they said, you know, he's in the car and it's about seven minutes out. And then they said, it's five minutes. And I'm like, you know, I was supposed to be waiting out in front of the garage door and you weren't supposed to be in here at all. Right. And you were turning the thing off and I'm fucking around with this. Yeah. With the recorder. And you're like, come on, man. You got it. And I'm like, I'm just turning the Well, what happened was I walked out the door here of the garage. I could see down the the hill of your driveway and I saw a car come up with the presidential seal on the side. Yeah. That's why I started screaming at you. Oh. What Marin was doing was uh, trying to set up his uh, recordings so that he could hit record, walk out of the garage, but not have too much dead space right. on it. And <laughs> yeah. that way he wouldn't have to play them. Right. He wouldn't have to hit play when he came in because I, I wasn't supposed to be in here. Nobody's supposed to be in here right. uh, but the two of them. I, so I walk out of this garage and I see the car come Down up. Down the and, tunnel? Yeah. And I'm like, get, you got to get out here now. Yeah, right. Because he's supposed to see you when right. you walk. That was the plan. That's right. how we were told it was going to be. You got out here in time though. You didn't you you saw right. you saw what staffers coming out? Well no, I saw the first car go by and then I yeah. saw the next. I said, How many are there? You said there's two and then they'll stop and then I ran in and I did the thing and I came back out and then all of a sudden there was a lot of people yeah. coming up the way. There was uh, Secret Service and staffers. Right. And then just a lot of people. I couldn't make out anybody. Yeah. And then right here, right uh, right at the end of this part of the drive, right at the gate, you know, I hear like, Mark, Mark, how you doing? It was the wildest thing to hear that. Because I was right behind this yeah. tarp that's yeah. next to your garage that yeah. they, they put up. Yeah. And to hear him and to hear that in his voice right from the get-go. Right. He was like- We're going to have fun. It was gregarious. Yeah. And like, he did something to you. Yeah. Like, you usually are the one that has to disarm people, this weird setup of coming into your garage. Right, right. You know, well, yeah, I go, Mr. President. Yeah. You know, like, uh, hey. He's like, how you doing? Glad to be here. We're going to, let's go in there. We're going to have fun. This is going to be fun, right? And I'm like, Okay. Yeah, I guess so. And then we walk in, and he, you know, he walked in in front of me. Yeah. And the Secret Service was behind me, and he's looking around. I'm like, I think you go over to that chair. But there was a moment where I'm like, I'll just let him sit there. I guess. Did well, you really? Because he did. Of, he kind of right. He came like, to the, right to this chair, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> you can't let him sit there. <laughs> no, I was it's your control. You can run it. <laughs> See, just make sure the lines are. So then he, I show him the orange chair, and he walks around to your chair where you are. And then the Secret Service guy plants himself here, and he's like right out of the gate, like wow. But what I felt was like, oh my god, because my big fear was like, 
Like I had so much in my mind. I was afraid of the weight of the conversation we were going to have. I was, I didn't want it to be fluff. I wanted it to be, you know, rich. I wanted, you know, I wanted to have some fun, but like, I was so nervous and intense, but like, he was sort of like, he was like, "Eh, everything's good. Like he made me feel comfortable. I'm like, the president's disarmed, making me lighten the fuck up. Right. But that's sort of what he does. He should do. I mean, like he's got to do. Well, I mean, you you then talk to him about that about yeah. how he has to go from something where he's consoling people right. to then he has to go perform at a, a fundraiser. Basically, yeah, we talked about that later on. But then, like all of a sudden, I was in. Yeah, and right out of the gate, I'm like, this didn't start the way we planned. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like but right. That's so much about plans with you. Is you know, I had to go with the flow. Yeah, and then yeah. there was a point there. Where I'm like, I don't even think I should bring that shit out. I thought to myself while I was listening, because I was sitting right outside uh, the the Who was listening out there? Staff, White House staff. um, It was five people from the White House and me on this table that I set up right outside the garage. While I was listening, there was a moment where I thought, maybe he just shouldn't talk about Charleston. You guys were vibing about his days in Hawaii and in- About around here. Pasadena and- I thought, well, it'll be okay if he doesn't bring it up. But you did then bring it up, and you and and got him to talk pretty directly about guns, gun safety, yeah, the power of the NRA, yeah. Talked about race very yeah. candidly, candidly yeah. to, enough to shock me. And I'm a guy who worked in news, yeah, and I was shocked by what he said. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing was wild. Yeah, and I was and I was so excited that he was so present. Yeah. Well, also, this was interesting to me as a, a audio guy. No headphones. And he was on top of this mic the whole time. Yeah, like he never wavered. Like that's I, why, usually... why I, was, I was riding the knob a little bit. All right. Well, then it's you're you're good at your job. But, yeah. But he. But you know, people a lot of times that come in here that decide not to wear headphones. Yeah. They then wind up being the ones who do this, and yeah. then they lean back and talk over here. Right. Right. Like he was right. They on stayed top pretty of it. steady. Yeah. It was just like yeah, I could see him flesh and blood right there. That's funny. Well, you know, I meant to ask you that. There was a moment when you were on Howard Stern, yeah, where you were waiting in the green room. I think you were, you know, oh, you were nervous. Melon. Yeah, you said you so you could see him on the feed. Yeah, and he was eating during a commercial break. He was just eating melon, and you're like, "Oh, it's just a guy eating melon." Yeah, yeah. Did you have that at all with him ever yeah. sitting here? Yeah. yeah, I had it the whole time. I couldn't believe how present and human he was. Yeah. Like I, I had I, that when I shook hands with him. That I, I was kept like, looking at him. I'm like, yeah. you're just a guy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm looking at his mouth. Right. I'm looking at his eyes. When he was shaking my hand, he was making a joke about that I was wearing a suit yeah, and that you, you were wearing plaid. Yeah. And he was t- looking at you and talking while he was shaking my hand. Yeah. Doing that thing where he wasn't letting go. Right. Because it wasn't in his mind yet to move right. on. Right. So he's shaking my hand, shaking, and he's talking and joking at you about wearing a plaid and not yeah. wearing a suit. And you got yeah. well, to you you look nice or yeah. whatever. And all I was thinking was like, when's he going to? <laughs> I'm holding his hand this whole time. We're still holding hands. Well, there was a lot of touching uh, afterwards. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. it was weird because I found myself like, you know, like, why am I still holding the president's back? Yeah, I, I did. I went for the posed picture. They were very generous and nice to give me a posed picture with him uh, that Pete Sousa, the White House yeah. photographer, took as a thing I'll cherish for the rest of my life. And uh, I, I went in to take the picture, and I just instinctively put my arm around him yeah. like around his side yeah yeah right and I, ju- I jerked my arm back like as I was doing it and he goes that's okay you can do that we're comfortable here <laughs> I was like what the hell what's happening <laughs> right yeah I, you I, like, see if you see my face on I put that picture yeah. up on my Twitter that yeah. is like 
the happiest face of mine you'll ever see. That's like, great. Just a, just a pure happiness. And I also got this. This is pretty great. White House Communications Agency Certificate of Appreciation presented to Brendan McDonald. The members of the White House Communications Agency wish to express our sincere appreciation for the outstanding manner in which you provided support to the President of the United States during his visit to Los Angeles, California. Your efforts, coupled with your superb attitude and impeccable professionalism, that's the part I like, (laughs) enabled us to provide critical communications for the President, the White House staff, and the United States Secret Service. Patricia Golden, Presidential Communications. She was great. That's uh, amazing, uh, buddy. That congratulations. You know what's so amazing about that is what? that we talk about sometimes like we, you know, yeah. we have nothing to complain about with right. this show. We got away with murder. Yeah, uh, I mean that for six years. Yeah, uh, but sometimes we're like, well, I feel like we should get like something. Yeah, you know, yeah. like uh, <laughs> right, like Peabody, be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get rejected for those every year. Right. You know? Yeah. And this whole situation with to right. me was like. I don't need anything right. anymore, ever. Right, right. Like yeah. this was a, a extremely validating for so many reasons that what we do podcasting and just the general idea of a taped conversation that people are just going to listen to, right. there's no bells and whistles right. to it, that that's good enough for the president who communicates to the world. Right. I was so validated by that. Well, I was just so proud of you, man, and so excited that, you know, having known what we went through and having, you know, you working in in and around politics for so long and yeah. i know your your fundamental you know respect for democracy and for you know the the president and your education and and you know and and your knowledge about it that to be the guy on point to deal directly with the president's people and to to facilitate the situation for the president of the united states to have this happen yeah you know for, for this is your show as much as it's my show well thanks and and you know, it was, it was, uh, I knew it was a big thing for you. And I was very excited for you. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> I hope that that excitement helped you get over some of the nerves and some of the difficulty. Well, it's very funny that when we were sitting there working, <laughs> all the way back to <laughs> when we were at Air America, like that first week, and, and Pashman gave me that package. <laughs> Dan Pashman, who was, yeah, the editorial producer, uh, uh, it came by and gave you a packet of notes of things. Of, yeah. of the day's news yeah, day's that we news. were going to get into. And you were like, what is this? <laughs> I can't read this. It's too much. Yeah. Why would? No. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. It was too much. Yeah. But then like as things went on and, you know, I, I got used to that. But then by the time we'd gotten to break room and you were working with me, like you managed to do this thing where where. I know you're clearly just working on something else. And you 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 just know how to manage whatever this thing is. Like I'm just this weird fluttering thing over here. <laughs> you're sort of like, what? Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. And then I'm like, oh yeah. And that happened like, you know, when we were working in the house again, you know, like yeah. you know, I'm like <sighs> and I'm just like sweating yeah. and like worrying about something and you're like in something else. And I'd be like, what are you gonna how am I going to do the thing? It's like, we're just going to do it. And then, yeah. then the, and then you just back to work. You know, it was yeah, just I just a, find that it's best to not, like in those moments, it's best to not like try to talk you out of something, like let you have that yeah. moment. And yeah, maybe you'll see it. Although I did feel like I needed to show you a clip from Hoosiers. 
That was hilarious. Because <laughs> I was like, that's a president, man. I mean, I'm, I'm way out of my, I'm over my head on all levels. And you show me the, the there's a clip from Hoosiers where the, the team shows up at the, the big state stadium. Yeah. And they're in, just- Indianapolis, yeah. Right. And he, he measures the net in the same yeah. size. Like, I said, I'm like, I know you don't like sports, but you yeah. like Gene Hackman. Right, so right, you, right. you can watch this. We had that moment where I'm like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've been doing it for a long time, man. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think this was a good uh, culmination of it. Whew. Well, and, and especially because it makes me think back to before Air America started, before it actually launched, yeah. we had done like test shows. Do you remember that? Like rehearsals. And I remember our uh, producer, Jonathan Larson, took me and Dan Pashman. Yeah. And uh, we sat out in the hallway. And I was the first to speak. I said, well, I could tell you what works. And at the time, it was a three-host situation. Yeah, right. There was a host that was supposed to handle the interviews. There was a host that was supposed to handle the news. And you were there to ba- basically pepper in jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I said, I could tell you what works. Mark Marin. What doesn't work is there's not enough Mark Marin. Like, <laughs> the show should be that guy. Like, right. that, like that guy could be like Howard Stern. Like, yeah. And Dan Pashman was like, absolutely. I agree. That's what I, I would say the same thing. And Jonathan Larson said, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. You guys are right. And I just felt from that moment, and then what we did at Air America, yeah. I was always like, this is right. This feels right. Yeah. No matter how bad that place got yeah, or right. what we felt were the limitations yeah. of the format and that, like I felt we could do good work. It's why I came out here. Right. We did After a we show got fired. Here. Yeah. And I oh, just always crazy times. had that feeling even when I went and did other jobs, yeah. uh, other jobs in radio, yeah. and I was always like, well, I'm going to work with Marin again because we, we did that well. Yeah, and yeah. I got what he did, and I think he respected what I did. Yeah. And I just knew we were going to do that again. And when it came time to do this podcast, it just made sense to be like, well, we do this. We heard it. Like, there was never a hesitation that we should do it. We didn't know what it was going to be. Right. But it was like, well, yeah, let's do this. Let's because try it. We, we want to do this stuff on our own. We, yeah. We're, we're, we like this work. And you were doing that other job. Yeah. And I just thank you, man. I thank you for having the faith in me those, this whole time to kind of do this with you because uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's been a special thing. Yeah, and this was a crazy, crazy way to culminate it. Yeah, and I, you're welcome. And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do it without you, man. Thanks. I trust you a hundred percent with everything. Like it, it, it's just so weird because you know we've worked together for a decade or more than a decade, and uh, you know we just work. Yeah. We, we don't yell. There's no yelling. We understand each other. Like you're going to do that thing. I'm going to do this thing. Like that whole thing with Hawaii. I mean, there's never fighting. No. There's actually there's one time I was in my car, and you called me about something you were unhappy with, and I was explaining it to you or saying something, and you're like, "Well, stop yelling at me." And I realized, like, because I was in my car and I'm like chalking on speaker. I'm like, "All right, I'm going to pull over, so you don't think I'm yelling at you." Because I kind of pride. Right, myself on right. that they're like no I don't have fights with Mary right, we right, don't yell right, at each right, other right, right, right. so I'm, I was not going to get in a situation where we were fighting by accident like that yeah. I was accident my voice was getting raised yeah, in the yeah. car oh that's hilarious yeah no I, I thank you too because it is it's been an amazing journey and and, uh, and I, you know, I just uh, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for your your skill and your mind and, and your capacity to work and, and I, I've never met a smarter person and I trust you to, to guide me through things I don't understand and to manage, 
you know, you know, my output, and, and I respect your opinion above almost, you know, really, actually above anybody else. So. Thanks, man. I yeah. respect your talent more than anybody else, and I really honestly mean that. Thanks, I've buddy. never met anybody more talented. Oh, that's very nice. And, and you have met someone smarter than me. He was here today. Oh, yeah, the president. Yeah. I, I, you can tell yourself that, but I mean, I think you're, you know, you're right <laughs> up there. I mean, you know, if you want to run for office, is that what you're trying to tell me? That- <laughs> <laughs> gotta go i'm running yeah. up, i'm, I'm gonna go to the hawaii of the mind before i do that <laughs> no it was an amazing day and and uh and and you know we, we did it man <sighs> all right so when we putting rich voss up that'll be soon <laughs> Okay, folks, today, the day I'm recording this is Tuesday. Tuesday, late afternoon, early evening. The podcast featuring me talking to President Barack Obama dropped yesterday. Uh, Since then, it's got almost a a million downloads. Uh, Amazing. Did not not know how it would all pan out, but uh, I, I just... I'd like to share some reflections about how I feel today. This is Tuesday. This is Saturday, Sunday, Monday, almost four days after I talked to the president and a, a day after the world heard the, uh, and I, you know, I'm not trying to be grandiose by saying the world, but there was a reaction. There was a reaction. There was a reaction that rippled through the, uh, the media in this country about the president's use of the N-word. But see, I don't see it that way. He said the N-word to talk about the use of the N-word. But I'm not, I'm not even going to parse. I'm not even going to get into that. I barely watched... I, yeah, to be honest with you, I watched no television uh, after the interview. I watched nothing yesterday. I heard things. My producer, Brendan McDonald, told me what was happening. I read things. I did a lot of press myself. I tried to keep it away from just answering that question. What do you think of, of the president saying the N-word? I mean, there was so much there. And the context of it was very clear. He was talking about the broader problem of racism. He didn't use the N-word. He said it to make a point about using the N-word. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Those, the thing is, is that the response has been unbelievable. 99% of the, the feedback I've gotten it was just uh, wonderful. And, and I, it was very humbling and it was great to hear it. Because I was nervous, you know, I was nervous how it would come off. I didn't know, how, you know, after after I talked to him, how was it? How did I do? What what did, what did he think? I'll, I guess I'll never know that, but I get the feeling, the sense that they were happy. Uh, they being the White House, he being the president. It was baffling to me that there was a press conference around the issue of the N word, and I'm so happy I did not engage in it. In, in, you know, start watching TV or festering. You know, I just, I've been really pretty holed up here. I did some press. I did very little press, really. I did a bunch of uh, print articles, some local TV. Uh, I did Chris Hayes' show. I called into The View. But I really just talked about the experience because the experience for me is what, what it was really about. And I feel pretty great about it. And I don't think I've really, I don't think I've really processed it because I, I didn't let in the public sort of barrage of, of what uh, what the president himself called the echo chamber. I just I just didn't do it to myself. I barely I just got caught up with some emails, thanked a lot of friends who uh 
who responded to it and, and congratulated me and, and thought uh, told me what a great job I did. My parents. I talked to Louis for like an hour yesterday. He was thrilled. He was thrilled that the, the president uh, said the N-word as well. He felt that uh, that was important. <laughs> but, but, but the bottom line for me is that I've not talked about politics much on this program. There was a time where I talked about politics every day, publicly. Made a very conscious choice not to talk about politics because it's just not my wheelhouse. When I got the opportunity to to talk to the president, and first of all, I, I don't really care how cynical you are or what side you're on or how you feel anything is in the country or where you want to dump your anger or, or, or hang your hate. Yeah, as an American person, when the president of the United States of America requests an audience with you because of your show, wants to talk to you, it's an honor and a privilege, and I felt that. And I've never had a politician on this show. And I did have a politician on this show, but it was the president of the United States of America. And I, I just, I can't even believe it happened. There are moments where for the few days after, you know, now where, where like it just dawns on me that, that the president of the United States was here because I was so focused, intently focused on having a one-on-one experience with him. That like I just I, I, all I wanted to do was was connect with the guy, and then as days go on, I have these flashes where I'm like, oh my god, I just I talked to the I, the fucking president. The president was at my house. What kind of world do we live in? It's amazing. Most people never get to meet the president or see the president in person. Maybe they see a car go by or they were at a place where he was. I was able not only to meet him but to have a, an audience with him and 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 talk to him personally. And it was mind-blowing, and I'm proud of it. And it was an amazing experience for me. I had no preconceptions other than this might be difficult. I, I'm not really that political anymore. And, and, you know, in retrospect, what he said he used my podcast for, he was speaking directly to me to try and provoke people to get involved with politics, to be conscious, to, to engage. It, that spoke to me directly. But more than anything else, it was really just personally an amazing experience. And, and it was an amazing experience that I was able to share with hundreds of thousands of people. And, and like I said, I've gotten nothing but beautiful feedback, uh, which is important because I, I felt insecure about it. And it, it seemed to move people in the right direction. Got a lot of uh, feedback from people who saying like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, not a fan of the president, but that was a great talk. Don't like him. Great talk. On the other side, great talk. And then a lot of people who were like, you know, I, I'd forgotten how he made me feel. Great talk. Really some poignant stuff he said and important stuff. Great talk. Then occasionally there's like, yeah, you're, you talk to Satan. Not, not a plus. That's not in the plus column. There was some, yeah, a few profoundly disturbing emails, but I, I expected that. And, and I'm, I'm sort of surprised that I'm not really affected by it. I haven't even tweeted hardly anything since it happened. I don't even know how to re-engage with society right now and with what I have to do. Like it, it, it's sort of like as it goes further away, because I don't listen to the episodes again and I haven't been paying attention to TV. I've been paying attention to my little sphere here. But, you know, sadly, you know, 
the experience as each day goes by will get further into the past and I'll just have those flashes of like that was amazing you know what you know what's amazing about it is like there's the flash of like oh my god I talked to the president and it feels so huge but what what really sticks with me is how thoughtful he was and what a grounded human being he was and what a, a you know what I taught I was talking to a guy who did a job that uh that I was completely unfamiliar with on a day-to-day basis and he, he sat right across from me he grounded himself here he looked around my garage, connected with me, and uh, and 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 he he is the president, and he's a guy, and uh, unforgettable. It was definitely a high point in my life for a lot of reasons, and I'm and I'm glad that it happened, and I'm glad that uh, so many people got so much out of it. Wow, I just don't know when it's really going to sink in. Unreal. Never would have expected. Beyond my wildest dreams or imagination. I talked to the president of the United States in my in my house, in my garage. You, you guys I don't you got I'm not lying. You guys heard it. You heard it, right? Am I awake? Am I awake? God, I hope this isn't all just a fucking dream. All right, wait, Brendan. Brendan is still here, and uh, what what is it? You what, what do you want to do something? I did because I did have a little concern about this whole experience uh-huh. that maybe you're getting going to get a little bit inflated. Mm. You might get a big head or something yeah. about it. There's a lot of people telling you how great a job you did, and you know, I, I thought maybe is a useful time to go on the internet comments <sighs> and what see. Are you t- if there is any alternative opinion uh-huh. about your great opportunity and great success at interviewing the president. Uh-huh. And I did find some ones that had a counter opinion to the people who thought it was a great thing. Uh-huh. Um, I won't say who they're from because these people all put themselves up there anonymously anyway. So I'm not going to give this. This is on, uh, on... Uh, just any sites that I saw, okay, you know, right, the stories posted. Uh, these were people leaving comments about Mark Marin interviewing the president. Wow. Can't wait to hear Mark Marin complain about his miserable life to the president. I hope he cancels on him. Marin is the worst. Uh-huh. Did that really happen? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I didn't write these. Okay. Mark Marin is proof that it pays to be the first to do something, even if you're terrible at it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I assume Barack Obama didn't piss off Mark Marin in the early 90s, so I guess this episode will be Mark Marin interrogating Obama about why he had the gall to become a two-term president just to stick it to him. <laughs> yeah. Is Mark Marin resentful of Obama's success? <laughs> Great. Now I have to explain Mark Marin to my grandfather. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> now, this one, you know, is somebody who's praising you, but there's a little edge to it because mm. he says, When I heard Mark Marin was interviewing the president, I thought, cool, he deserves it. And a guy who told me to fuck off once is interviewing the president. Uh huh. I know that guy. <laughs> I know that is. And then this guy was actually a a very, very helpful, I thought. This is a good one to go out on Uh uh, because it has to do with your insecurity about uh, uh, having caused a lot of traffic and disrupting your neighbors. He said, citizens of Los Angeles, try not to blame Mark Maron for the traffic today. I've heard he's a nice guy, although I have no idea who he is. (laughs) Yeah. But right. Good stick at the end. All right. I can handle that. Good. 
That's as bad as it gets. I'm okay. Well, I've kept a really bad one. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> okay, well, that's uh, that's our show. I hope that gives you enough backstory and enough reaction and, and enough uh, sort of uh, well-rounded picture of what happened uh, uh, around the the interview with President Obama here in my garage. Oh, my God. So, um, all right. So now I guess it's uh, it's back to, uh, to business as usual. I got dates coming up. The Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York on June 25th. I'll be at BAM at the Howard Opera House. That is sold out. I will be at the Paramount Theater in Huntington, New York on June 27th and the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank, New Jersey on June 28th. Go to WTFPod.com. Check the calendar. I've got dates coming up up in Portland and in Boulder and Denver. Oh, man. 